Welcome to the People Impact Podcast, because your impact on people matters. We are two visionary coaches exploring ideas about improving the way people lead and work together, bringing you topics that truly have an impact on people in your organization today. This is for you if you're interested in expanding your perspective on people and on yourself as a human being. For all of you out there who are open to new views, visions, and dreams. Featuring Marjolein Schluff. Hello, everyone. Myself, Lisa Dempsey. And I am just so incredibly excited. I just, I, I'm giddy like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Long time on our wish list for get, as a guest. And here we are. Yes. And here we are. We have the absolutely amazing and incredible Anne Betts. Um, Anne is uh, a, an amazing coach and, and entrepreneur. I mean, it's, it's amazing everything that she has done. She has written books. She and her business partner, Ursula, have put together some absolutely amazing courses uh, and training resources. And they're just amazing human beings. And I'm so mm -hmm. excited that Anne Betts is here with us today. Welcome, Anne. Thank you, Lisa and Marilyn. I'm happy to be here. I always love that kind of interest. It's like, oh my gosh, what do I have to live up to today? So <laughs> just be you. Yeah, just you. <laughs> just, be just be me. Yeah. So the only and the thing that I would, you know, I've, I'm very, very excited to be here. I love this uh, topic. I love talking to people who are trying to make organizations and life better. So I'm excited about this. My, um, I think probably a couple of reasons that I'm here and things that I'll touch on is my bat, my background and my, what my expertise in addition to coaching is neuroscience yeah. and also uh, personality disorders and, and uh, the intersection of those, but also the neuroscience of coaching and human development in general. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And, and this is one thing that I, I so I will own. So I followed the certification course. I think I was even in the very first one. I was you in the, the pilot one, one yeah. on relational trauma. Yep. And not only was it on the cutting edge, because it's one of the very first kind of trauma-informed coaching certifications that I believe is really out there and really founded in evidence-based neuroscience, right? Really hardcore science things. Um but it, for me, it was just so crystallizing in so many things that I was trying to speak to in my own leadership coaching practice. So many of the things that I was also observing and seeing, not only from my own working experience, but also in my clients. And so we're here to talk about toxic workplace culture and toxic personalities in, in workplaces. Yeah. And, and stuff. This is this is a recurring theme in our episodes, and now we, we get the super expert on this. So, yeah. uh, and I have exciting. to tell you, it's so funny. You know, you're saying, "What do you want to talk about?" It's like, "Ooh, let's talk about toxic people." It just gets yeah. me so interested, which is a little sick, I guess. Um, but you know, it's one of the things that we don't. It's actually it's something I love about coaching. I love about what it's, but it's also sort of, you know, the front of the hand, the back of the hand. So on the one hand, as coaches, 
we really do get trained and work with the person in front of us, the person on the phone, the person on Zoom, the person sitting across from us. We don't go into this whole other what other people are doing because it's really about what can they do? You know, what is that self-empowerment? What can you do? So that that I, I actually love that. And then on the other hand, sometimes people are in systems where what's happening is there's, you know, it's not for them to get better at that. And I I have an analogy, which is, I don't think it's originally for me and I can't remember where I got it. So I took it from someone, but it's the idea that a toxic relationship, if you think back and Europe was later than the US, but when I was growing up, you could smoke anywhere. Could smoke in restaurants, you could smoke on airplanes, you could smoke in line at the bank. And at some point, and I think it was the, I think it actually was the air host, the air hosts um, that basically said, This is this is this is a physically toxic environment. You are asking us to work among secondhand smoke, and that is causing us health problems. And so that was sort of the beginning of of it where slowly, slowly, slowly the US more quickly than Europe, you know, started saying, we need to have rules about this. And now if you if you go to most states in the US, you can't smoke anywhere because yeah. it was recognized as a toxic thing. Well, I think what happens for people in the toxic environment that is often being created by a someone with uh, with power in the organization, not always, sometimes it can be a peer, but often it's coming from someone in power who has toxic traits that are unregulated. They don't need to have a diagnosis. By the way, narcissism is a description, not a diagnosis. Yeah. So they can just be very narcissistic, be creating a toxic environment and what it's kind of like, you know, a coach comes in and, you know, is working with the person. And I've got an example of this, you know, a very toxic boss. And we're like, you know, it'd be like saying to someone, if someone's smoking in the next cubicle, well, let's get you an air filter. Right. <laughs> Find I'm, a solution you can do about this. <laughs> what can you do about the fact that there's smoke blowing at you and you're living feeling- in a bubble? <laughs> Right. Or maybe you could work from home a couple of days a week, or maybe you could have a new perspective on the smoke rather than saying, let's get rid of the smoke. Right. That's the answer. And that is that is we are lagging behind when we look at toxic workplaces. And I think it's because we don't want to label anyone and we want to believe everybody's, you know, sort of solvable. And the research is sorry to say they're not. Some people will not change and will continue. And what will happen is they'll go from organization to organization or get moved around within the organization, creating mental and physical health issues in their wake. So I think we need to address this more and get rid of the smoker rather than helping people figure out how to deal with the smoke. Right. Rather than offering all these tools of, would you like to wear a face mask? Would you like to make me? (laughs) (laughs) Or or what all too often happens, and I know you too, I know any coach with any degree of experience has 
coached people out of organizations. And it's the the line that everyone knows people don't leave organizations, they leave bosses. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you come to the point where you realize there's nothing more they can do or say, and you help them find another job. This is not going to change, so leave. Yep. And don't try to start enjoying the smoke or seeing the good sides about it or everything that this smoker is bringing to the organization. Right. Well, which, you know, that's the great myth. That's the great myth that there's something amazing. So I, I, I got to get on my, I got to get on my soapbox for a minute because this is the great myth. People will say like about Steve Jobs, for example, very toxic man, mm. um, very, you know, yelling at people. People come into his office and demeaning them and yelling at them and creating a very hostile work environment. But he was brilliant, and you know, my thought about that is. First of all, nobody does anything alone. You know, that those weren't all just his ideas. Give me a freaking break. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, people high in narcissism, which he was, as well as other issues, steal from other people. They take credit for things that are not theirs oh. to take credit for. I don't know in his case, but it's doubtful he just had all of the brilliant ideas himself. The other thing is that when you yell at people, demean them, and sh- and shut them down, what kind of creativity is lost? Yeah. So people get excused because the view is somehow what they've created for the world is so worth it. And I think, what was lost? Where might we be if if this person had been more regulated or had not been allowed to be able to have that access to the humans they were working with. Yeah, they had had less space for their toxic behavior or had more accountability or, yeah. 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 And I want to spend, because you just mentioned a really important word and and one that I now touch on in almost anything that I I do in leadership, and that's regulation, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that that is such a very, very important word, but can you just bottom line for us what that self-regulation yeah. means? Because I think it's such a defining factor between people who are just, it's the difference between a human being who's just having a bad day and has maybe just lost it a little bit and the amount of empathy that's needed to engage with that versus somebody who genuinely lacks self-regulation, someone who genuinely lacks self-awareness and who is actually using this in a very, very negative way. Someone is not going to change. You mean the distinction between, hey, this person we can work with and this person, uh, no, not going to happen. Right. And um, they're not going to, yeah, they're not going to change. We can work with this. Are they just having a bad day? I think we're looking at patterns here. Mm-hmm. And I think someone who is just sort of lost it maybe for a moment and you don't know what other stress, sometimes it's other stresses in their life that all built up and they can't regulate as well because they're overloaded with stress, but they're not like that as a rule. And one of the one of the key things is, do they apologize in a sincere way? Do they sincerely, not a faux apology where I'm sorry you felt that way, which is not a real thing. <laughs> The faux apology, like, I'm so sorry that you don't see how great I am. Um, But really sincerely coming to you and saying, you know, Friday, I, everything was stacking up. I took it out on you. I am really 
you know, I'm really sorry. I just had this, I'm training a new leader and, um, and she, we were doing something and she was taking this portion of the class and she started going too deep into something. And I like, I reacted not meanly, but I basically, I just jumped in and I'm trying not to, to give her the chance to lead. And I jumped in and I said, okay, but we'll, you know, let's not go there. Let's go, you know, let's, let's hold off on that. And I thought, you know, and it was a little abrupt. It wasn't mean, but it was definitely abrupt enough to say she handled it with such grace. Like, <laughs> like a true leader. <laughs> oh my God. She had way more grace than I did. And she mm -hmm. sort of flowed with it. And but then immediately um on the break when we were done, I said, I am so sorry. That is not who I want to be. That's not how I want to train. You know, I apologize. I'm going to try really hard not to jump in with that. It's absolutely something that can be cleaned up later. And then we talked about the learning, but that was, you know, I reacted, but, you know, I could see my reaction and apologize and do and do repair. It's not the way I want to train. It's not the way I want to train people. So I think that's a very, you, first of all, look for patterns. Is it consistent? Mm -hmm. And then also, do they do any kind of, are they aware? Are they self-aware? Do they, do they see this? I worked with a guy once who was a, um, he was a scientist. So he was super, super smart and his team actually really liked him, but he had a way of being very abrupt with them. Um, but, you know, I could work with him in coaching because he, like, I remember he came to me and he was like, oh my God, I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. I like when I like, you know, reacted very strongly with someone and I said, okay, what's the cost of that? He said, I can tell you, it's going to take me two weeks to repair with that person. And those are two weeks that I could be using, get, moving the project forward. And I'm like, great. What do you want to do next time? He goes, I really want to work on this. What can, what, how can I do that? What can I do so that I don't do this again? Now that is a person who is not, you know, that is like somebody who's coachable. Yeah. And I'm hoping, you know, we did, it was one of those leadership programs where I had like six sessions, but he took it really seriously. Mm -hmm. And I was super proud of him and I was happy to work with him, yeah. even though he was having these snappy reactions, I think because he was actually just a, had a genius IQ and it was hard for him to realize not everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Pause and let people catch up. Yeah, that's a thing. But what yeah. I'm, what I'm hearing is, you know, is when you see patterns where someone is not, reflecting not repairing not regulating that's a big red flag yeah and if they're not regulating and they're and they're basically their view is just who i am mm -hmm. you know take and it so, or leave it take it or leave it i'm <laughs> like i'm not saying that this is how personality tests are meant to be used, but I've seen this with DISC and I've seen it with insights. Mm -hmm. And if those of you who use insights, it's the colors. You're like, yeah. I'm a red, I'm just a red, you know, be brief, be bold, be gone. Mm -hmm. You know, that's who I am. And that's not how those personality assessments are meant to be used. But somehow that's how sometimes when you have someone who is not willing to grow and change or modulate their behavior, they'll be like validated by that. Yeah. And use it as an excuse to continue what is behavior that doesn't really work for the people around them. Yeah. And I think that that's such a huge difference. The, the people who 
use those things as shields and hide behind them and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm just, I'm one of my least favorites is I'm just being authentic. (laughs) (laughs) With that tone to go with it. (laughs) I'm an asshole and I'm just going to be authentic about that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You can be authentic about that, but you know, you won't have a fulfilling life and, um, or, or the, I'm just being authentic. Like the victim-y, poor me. I mean, that's one is the what, and the other is, "Ah, it's all, it's me. Yeah. Marilyn, that is such a great point. And I want to share something about that because it was the, one of the biggest ahas for me personally Mm -hmm. is that there are two, well, there's like multiple types of people (laughs) who fit the description of narcissist Mm -hmm. or toxic people are, I would say have high narcissistic traits, but the, the one that I had never heard of, I'd always thought that somebody who was very, very narcissistic was like Donald Trump, like, Hey, look at me or Putin, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm so great and I can ride a bear and, you know, and all the rest of you are stupid. Like I've, I'd only seen that. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest aha is that there are the poor me and that is that there are people who bank on their victimhood mm-hmm. and they use it in a narcissistic way to get attention because it's all about getting attention and if you can't get attention for riding the bear or having you know gold plated lavatory stuff like trump <laughs> um, you gold plated toilet yeah. uh you can get attention from being the biggest victim. Oh, woe is me. Oh, poor me. Nobody cares about me. And sometimes you see people flip, but it can be very subtle. And so you think, well, this person isn't a narcissist because they're so victim-y, but are they still using you for attention? Are they still refusing to take responsibility? Do they still have difficulty regulating their emotions? Are they highly conflictual? Mm-hmm. You know, are they very, so I like to think of, there's a model that comes from one of my mentors and teachers, a woman named Dr. Ramani, Dr. Ramani Dervasala, she's probably the leading expert in narcissism. And she has a model that she calls the craved model. And she says, look for behavior. You don't need to diagnose, right. look for behavior and patterns of behavior And so here's the real quick overview. Do you, are they habitually, not just every so often or once, are they habitually conflictual? Mm -hmm. Do they start fights? Are they rigid? Do they, will they not change their views? Are they um, antagonistic? Do they try to get you to get to react? Mm -hmm. Are they victim-y or vindictive? And sometimes both, you know, do they try to get revenge or do they play the victim? Are they, oh gosh, what is the E? Um, <laughs> ego driven? Is it no, ego? I can't remember what the E is. Oh, sorry. What's the D? Yeah, skip to the D. <laughs> well, skip to the D, though. It doesn't matter. The last one, and we'll think of what the E is. The mm-hmm. last one is dysregulated, Lisa, to your point. Mm-hmm. Are they dysregulated? Can they, you know, do you feel like, and how do you know if someone's dysregulated? You feel like you have to walk on eggshells. You're like talking, you're, you know, you're in a workplace, you're going to the admin. You're like, is she in a good mood today? (laughs) Ooh, I better not show her this report, uh, you know, because I better not say that in the meeting. I better not do this. 
that's because you're dealing with a dysregulated person. If you have, if you habitually have those thoughts, uh-huh. this is not a safe person and not a, not someone you can collaborate with. And it's going to drive me crazy. I can't think of the E. <laughs> well, the we e are going entitled. to entitled. Entitled. Oh, entitled. Entitled. Thank you. They act entitled. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Perfect. Um, there's there's another story that I know you you can share about how you help people, how you coach people, how we coach people who find themselves in in a situation where they're you know working with someone like this. Yeah. So now I you have, know how to notice. Then what do you do? Yeah. What do you what do you do? So this was actually um, years ago, and I didn't know all of this stuff, but I but I knew enough that I could see what I could see a bit of what's going on. I didn't mm-hmm. have the fine tuning I have today. But I got called in by a friend of mine who was an HR director um, to work with this woman. And she was in an organization where her 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 VP was, I think, really checks the boxes. There's a psychopath checklist, by the way. You can look up online psychopath checklist. This guy was a psychopath. He was terrible. He would literally not approve travel for one of her key responsibility areas. And then she wouldn't go to the meeting and then she would get dinged on her performance review for not going to the meeting because she her travel wasn't approved mm. by them. I mean, it was that level of manipulation. He was terrible to the, and by the way, he was so bad that later she told me after she actually moved on um, that he actually got indicted for stealing trade secrets from this company. <laughs> it was um, so awful. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, yeah. they had given him a coach, which is what happens often in organizations you get. And now, by the way, if I suspect that someone is highly, you know, meets that checklist, I will not coach them because mm-hmm. I do not consider them coachable and I do not consider them safe to coach. Because they're and that says a lot coming from someone who's an expert on this. Oh, freaking a no! You know I don't coach these people; they're not coachable. Yeah. So at any rate, fast forward in the story. So she's she's like, why does he get a coach when I'm dealing with, you know, I'm having to deal with him? And so my friend was like, fair enough. Why don't you, you know, talk to Anne? She'll be your coach. And I was her coach for for ten years. But we worked a two prong strategy with this guy. Mm-hmm. And I think often that's what you're going to need to do. On the one hand, what else could she do? Get the resume together, network. This guy is out to get you because you're a powerful woman and you're not playing his game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's figure out what else you could do and let's see what you can do to get rid of him. And she documented and she went to HR consistently again and again. She even got a lawyer. And eventually this woman, holy mackerel, she got rid of him. Mm -hmm. She was the one. And there had been a pattern of very, very talented people. She was in a very high level position. This was an international company. There had been a pattern of very high level people leaving because of him. And she was the one, she was the buck stopped here, but we had to work in both strategies because she had to also know there was another, another way. And I was so proud of her. And she was like, yeah, but I was ready to leave. And you helped me see that that was a possibility as well, because by the way, you can't always get rid of them. (laughs) 
you, yeah, you run two projects at the same time, and definitely the one that you know puts your own oxygen mask on in the middle of all that smoke. Yeah. Put your yeah. own oxygen mask on, know what you could do, where else could you go, know that you have value. Because one of the things that will happen to people is they start doubting their own value. Yeah, completely. This yeah. guy was so busy undermining her that that the was- most one... amazing people that oh, show up in, is in, in my sessions. Best... Like, wow. And they've been so undermined that they started to believe it. Exactly. Yes. This woman, by the way, is one of the best leaders I've ever worked with. She's heart and head. She knew how to focus. She knew how to take mm. people's, she's like the poster child for good leadership. And this guy almost ruined her. And so there was a piece of helping her find her fire and her core again. Mm. That was, that was part of it. And I'm so proud. I'm so proud of her. And then as we, like I said, I, I've, I've known her for 20 years. And, you know, as we watch this other guy's trajectory, that's the other thing is I do think it's kind of hard, but I do think karma gets them in the end. Mm. <laughs> I do think that might take a while, but <laughs> wait around. Yeah. Yeah. protect yourself. I mean, I, I think I have, I have a particular perspective on that. And that is that while, while I do hope that karma does eventually get them, I think particularly in many business environments, people who are genuinely toxic, they rise. They rise to certain levels and and potentially with more ease than they should. And, you know, I, I have a perspective that a part of it's because so much of what we believe leadership to be has been rooted in very, very toxic behaviors. Yeah, I agree. Let me say something about that. I think because uh, I have a hopeful, I have a hopeful thought. Oh, um, good! I, I love that. I, I agree with you, but I have hope. Um, mm -hmm. So the one is yes. It's it's. There's two things. One is the other reason they rise to those levels is they want them. They want them really bad. And talk about what one of the things we can learn is the power of intention, because these folks are generally really intentional about getting that that title because they believe it means something. Like and that. they do a lot to get there. They do a lot. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll throw people under the bus. And as to Lisa's point, their behaviors are rewarded. Now, I have a mm -hmm. friend who is an expert in generations. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you should have her on your podcast. Lindsay, Ooh. Lindsay Bacardo. She's really, really cool. So Lindsay works with, um, and she does a lot of speaking and coaching with millennial and Gen Z. She said she's starting to hear things. This is so cool. She's starting to hear things like she'll talk to someone and be like, how did the interview go? The interview was fine, but you know, I felt like the hiring manager was a narcissist. So I noped out of there. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're voting with their feet because yeah. they are more aware of this. And they're more aware. Now people are saying, is the word overused? Maybe, but it's also coming more into awareness. And if they're aware of it and they're getting that vibe, like this is not a good person to work for, then maybe some of those behaviors which have hitherto been rewarded will not be rewarded in the future. And the next generations are going to show this. They don't want that. Well, in that spirit, everyone hears this. Who is this? Share this episode. Share it widely. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. Yeah. 
and not only does it help, but I, it's really important, I think, that people learn, learn this, this element of discernment. You know, what are the ways that people can discern the difference between somebody who is just having that bad day? Maybe they, you know, something stressful is going on at home that they're not talking about. I mean, we've all had those crap days where we just blow up for no reason. And having a bad guessing. week or a bad year. Even. Yeah. yeah. Any of these things versus somebody who is genuinely toxic and they need to, I love this two-prong approach, you know, run for the hills from and... Yes. And no need to stick it out, right? Sometimes you want to stick it out with someone and sometimes you don't. It's like breathing that secondhand smoke. No, you know, protect yourself. And it does have physiological impacts because of the stress hormones that are going through your body. I'd say the three things, if I can remember what they are here. Um, Watch for patterns. Mm -hmm. It's not just the one time. Watch for sincere apologies. And watch for whether you feel you need to habitually walk on eggshells. And if you're seeing patterns, no sincere apology, and you always feel like you're walking on eggshells, it's probably not a healthy place or a healthy person. Super clear. Thanks for that. I love that. And I love the clarity that, that that's in that of, you know, what are those red flags and what, it, what are those long-term patterns? Um, because I think there's, you know, we, we didn't, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we could have dove into that, I, you know, we could just have hours <laughs> and hours of conversation, but yeah. especially, you know, toxic people, they tend to be highly manipulative and they're happy to gaslight and they're happy to, you know, typically whatever it is that they're up to, that's what they're accusing other people of. Yes. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you know, you're, your confidence can get undermined. People even say, wait a minute, am I the narcissist? But come back to what are the patterns I'm seeing? Are there real attempts to repair? And do I feel I need to walk on eggshells? Yeah. And thank you for this, because there's someone I know that I regularly come back to thinking, I think they have very strong narcissistic traits. And then after a while, I start doubting myself and think, oh, it really and I'm listening to this and thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's them, yeah. not me. Yeah. And then I can make choices from that. point. Yeah. Yeah. There's also there's so many good people in the world, you know, go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And, and and I love your messages of hope as well, because it is so easy to also go down that rabbit hole of, oh, no, everybody's like this. And you have, there are landmines everywhere. Mm. yeah Um, lots of fun people out there yeah 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 thank you this has been wonderful talking with you i love this topic and thank you for your great questions and and you know co-creating with me on this yeah well thank you so much Anne, for all of your contributions we we really appreciate it and such an important space to be talking about so thanks everyone out there for listening. You've probably been listening to us on your favorite podcast app. Please do make sure that you hit the subscribe button so you are the first to learn about new episodes. And as Marioline said, if you appreciated this episode, please share it. Share it widely. I really do firmly believe the more people who become aware about this and understand, oh, all of that hard work and all of that nastiness, that may not need to be just a part of your day-to-day working life. There there are alternatives. There is hope out there. 
And we'd love to hear your feedback and guest suggestions. Let us know what's on your mind in the workplace. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.